Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie, good to be with you. We got a lot on the agenda today, breaking down news of the day. We have Adrian Lawrence, attorney at law, TYT contributor and author also in the bullpen. Should be interesting. We have Professor John Burnett, managing director of One Empire Group, political strategist. We're going to talk about this Elon Musk situation. He's for it, I am not. Should be an interesting combo. Top story of the day. Now, damn it, I've seen it all. The police, a black man driving a police car in full uniform gets pulled over by his own police. Here's the video. Okay, the police just pulled over a police car. Inside of the police car is a police officer. Not just a police officer, but a detective, meaning he's been a cop for a while. He's in full uniform. Here's what happens next. That black male detective is now suing. Those cops called him a dumbass and other derogatory words because he told them he was the police too. And they said, are you jumping out the car like that? Where you headed today, sir? Where am I headed? I'm the police, I'm one of you. We're together here, or are you? In a civil lawsuit, the black Kansas City police sergeant is alleging that two officers racially profiled him during a traffic stop in 2021 in which they conspired about what happened and falsely accused him of misconduct according to the Kansas City Star. Now I have to remind you, the black male is driving once again a police car. He's in full uniform, he has his badge, he identifies himself as a detective. Not only is he a detective, he's a sergeant, which means he outranks them. Do you think they gave a damn about his rank? Do you think they they cared that he was driving a police car? Do you think they cared he was in full uniform? No, because he's black. There's more. Herb Robinson, a 30 year veteran. With the Kansas City Police Department was actually wearing his full police uniform, driving a police vehicle when he was pulled over. The two officers, Cole Modier and Marco Olivas, also are accused of giving inaccurate statements about what occurred 
during the traffic stop according to the Kansas City Star. Um, his petition, meaning Detective Robinson's, alleges the traffic stop was unlawful. The lawsuit, which seeks a jury trial and monetary damages, names both of the officers and members of the Kansas City Board of Police Commissioners, which oversees the force. An attorney said, if they treat one of their own this way, I'm afraid to see how they are treating minorities who are not cops. Gerald Gray, an attorney representing Robinson said Thursday, certainly unacceptable, he said. Um, here's the thing, you see the detective is actually not one of their own. So you have to understand this, okay? And until black cops figure that out, they will always be shocked by this kind of conduct against them. I'm the police, I have a badge, we're brothers. There's more. Both of the officers lack justification, a reasonable suspicion or probable cause to detain or arrest Robinson, the lawsuit said. The officers closely followed Robinson for just over a mile as he drove from Kansas City into Raytown. Now, thankfully, we have an actual attorney on the show today. Now, is that statement correct from the counsel of the detective saying they had no justification, no probable cause to arrest or detain the detective in this case, is that accurate? Well, it would seem based on the facts that we have available that that would seem wholly accurate, that there was no reason for them to be policing this detective. And it's just so readily apparent as you seem to observe that this thin blue line, it really breaks quick when there's a high melanin count involved. Mm. And the thought that these individuals think that, hey, it does not matter whether that individual there is a member of the force or is law enforcement themselves. The fact is they are black, so we need to make sure that he knows his place, which is beneath me and thus I will harass him and unnecessarily detain him or busy myself with this whole illusion of the fact that this thought that I have some kind of probable cause or even reasonable suspicion to think that there's criminal activity. What the officers saw here was blackness and that's what yeah. they were pursuing. One of the things and obviously this is ironic on so many levels, but one of the things that really stood out to me Adrian is when he identified himself as a detective. When it's clear he has on a full damn uniform, right? Mm -hmm. They then say, you know, well, where you headed? <laughs> where you headed? Mm -hmm. Okay. They they didn't care about any of these other elements, and the man was driving a department issued police car. Got something else for you. This is really interesting. Um, you know, Congressman Cawthorn, the guy who is all about purity, all about religious purity, sexual purity, whatever that means. Well, he likes to wear lingerie, all right? Let's put up the picture. Now, I'm not knocking the man, okay? But I gotta say this about Madison Cawthorn. We have never seen him happier. He is there sporting lingerie with obviously a group of friends. Now, we don't have confirmation of this yet, but we do not believe this was at the old man orgy cocaine party he talked about a couple of weeks ago. We think this is a separate party and a separate incident. The photos were obtained by Politico, Madison Cawthorn, United States Congressman, 
uh, who not long ago accused the GOP of cocaine and orgy parties. He's in the GOP himself. Uh, he's wearing the laundry, as you can see. Uh, according to him, he was raised in a conservative Baptist community, and he has built his political persona on Christian principles and the importance of hyper masculinity. All right, that's what he says, his words. A second person did confirm uh, that this, in fact, was a photo of uh, Congressman Cawthorn. And, um, you know, it is what it is. His comments about sexual perversion in Washington made on a podcast, which he later admitted were exaggerated, drew the public disapproval and disavowal of minority leader Kevin McCarthy, as well as other Republican leaders, including those in his North Carolina Congressional Caucus. The revelation of the two photos is the latest in a series of unflattering headlines for the freshman member of Congress in the run up to the primary in his first reelection bid. The primary in North Carolina is May 17th. Cawthorn has seven Republican opponents who see him as vulnerable. Now, let me tell you why this is a story. It's not because he likes to wear lingerie. I'm a live, let live guy. It's because of his bashing of others who are in the LGBTQ community or who express themselves through different attire. He bashes them. He says they are soft, they are weak. Those are his words about individuals that dress like him. Once again, let's put up the picture. He looks happy to me. That's a happy Madison Cawthorn. After the story was published, here's what Cawthorn said on Twitter and I quote, I guess the left thinks goofy vacation photos during a game on a cruise taken way before I ran for Congress is going to somehow hurt me. They're running out of things to throw at me. Share your most embarrassing vacay pics in the replies. Um, yeah, all right. Uh, the rep who once said on the podcast that he was raised on proverbs and pushups also said in another podcast, this was March 2021. Here's the quote. He said, I think we have bred a generation of soft men. And that generation has created a lot of problems in our society and culture designed to reclaim and restore masculinity in a society that is ever more dismissive of what it means to be a man. Put up his picture again. Oh, see, here's the thing, Congressman. Being masculine is not being a man. Being masculine is typically you being toxic, rude. Egregious, offensive. Being a responsible human being should be the goal. That's the idea. Who are we in the social context? What does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be a socialized creature that actually cares about our fellow human beings? That's what it's about. There's more. There was a tweet that came out. He also said, Madison Cawthorn, here it is. There's only one God and two genders. Get back to common sense. Put up the picture again. Yeah. The left has ripped away the pen of truth from the author of life. They've exchanged natural science for a party platform and declared war on biology. 
Your left-wing movement is forcing children to endure radical expressions of sexuality. And yet, you can't even define what a woman is. You might amend a bill, but you'll never amend biology. Science is not Burger King. You can't just have it your way. I am the youngest member of the House of Representatives. And I never imagined that one of my sacred duties in this hallowed chamber would be explaining to the House Speaker the difference between a man and a woman. Take notes, Madam Speaker. I'm about to define what a woman is for you. XX chromosomes, no tallywhacker. It's so simple. And yet today, this proclamation of fundamental scientific fact will cause the woke liberals in Silicon Valley to strip you of your voice and ban you until you bow at their altar of falsehoods. I can't stand so-called Christian men like him because they utilize their faith in order to degrade others. You know, according to my belief system, my values and faith background, your faith should be used to bridge divides, to create coalitions, to make connections happen, to love. But he utilizes it to tear down. Adrian, thoughts on this? You know, I don't see any problem with Madison Cawthorn wearing lingerie or whatever he chooses to wear in any capacity, whether it's publicly or in private. Uh, you know, being playful with your gender expression, that's all you. What is all me and very all problematic and everyone else is the rampant transphobia, the, yeah. um, the, just homophobia, the anti-queer sentiments that he continues to push as a part of his agenda. And we get to see this with him sitting in front of Congress trying to define what a quote unquote woman is. And it's just also very, very interesting to me how the GOP will go ahead and adhere to quote unquote science in one vein. But then when it comes to things like COVID, they can't help you with science. No, they're just manipulating whatever will fit the agenda. And even if it means hurting other people and engaging in anti-trans homophobic sentiments that are, they're, they're creating a divide. They're absolutely wrong and they're disgusting. It's just, this is who this person is. Yeah. Yeah, he's a class A hypocrite uh, yeah. is what he is. And, and as I said earlier, that's why this is a story. It's a story because of his own proclamation against individuals that may be different from him. And so he wants to create this pretext to marginalize them and to dehumanize them in his own social narrative about them, okay? And so a story like this presents his own hypocrisy in a way that naturally he cannot defend. Uh, and I actually think more pictures are going to come out. All right, let me take you to Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, the KKK uh, is in Atlanta doing a warning and recruitment campaign. Let's put up the flyers they've been putting up around the city of Atlanta, okay? It says, you have been paid another social visit of the old glory knights of the Ku Klux Klan. We have a dark history here. And because of you, a bright future. Be warned, race traders, mixed breeds, communists, homosexuals, and all of the walks of godless degeneracy. The Klan is back again and here to stay. So you better make amends or stay away. The Atlanta Police Department is voicing concerns over some KKK flyers found by residents in a Northwest 
Atlanta neighborhood. Police said they were reportedly discovered in the zone one area along Paul Avenue Northwest, um, Spink Street Northwest and Edwards Drive Northwest. The department said the flyers appear to be distributed by a group or organization who depict themselves as the glory knights of the KKK, Ku Klux Clowns. The flyer appears to contain insensitive messaging. Police said they are investigating to determine if, if this act was an attempt to intimidate the community. If, and this is, this is one of the challenges I have with politically correct people. I don't care what job they have. Why are we even contextualizing it as if this is meant to intimidate the community? No, it is meant to intimidate the community. And as long as you all play this game around things like this, well, it's under um, uh, under review, and, and and if this if this was uh, meant to intimidate, uh, we will let you know. Well, what happened to the press conference? What happened to the chief of police saying we're going to find whoever was behind this, and we're going to prosecute them to the fullest extent of the law? And damn it, if I could find another law to prosecute them with, I'd do that too. All right? What happened to that kind of language? Because I guarantee you, you have that energy as it relates to let's say gang violence. You have that kind of energy when it relates to gang intimidation. But these are white supremacists. The KKK is a gang. A gang police department in Atlanta has decided to put their literature in black communities. And they have threatened physical harm against members of that community. A gang has done that. If Pyru Blood did it, would you still say, Well, we're going to review the information and just make sure, see if it's intimidating or not to the community around there. If the Crips did it, would you have that same, well, we're reviewing the information. We're gonna get back to you about if it's intimidating or not. No, this will be a crisis. But for some reason, when it's a white supremacist gang of thugs doing this in a black community, you all of a sudden figure out how to massage your language. This has got to stop. This has got to stop. That's too many damn black people in Atlanta. Too many black folks who run Atlanta for this to still be the reality of how you deal with white gangs. Adrian, am I off kilter here? No, no, you say gangs though, I say domestic terrorists, but you know, one and the same, that's what they're trying to do is terrorize these communities. And it is extremely disappointing, but not surprising in terms of law enforcement's response. But then again, you know, it just reminds me that some of those who work forces are the same that burn crosses. And so it makes me wonder if they're not gonna push as hard because then they just have to what, do a lot more internal looking in terms of assessing who brought this out. And it's incredibly disappointing, but this is the reality we often face. Well said. All right, we got more on the other side is indisputable stick and stay. Welcome back. We got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. Always love the commentary. Um, we have a few updates as well. All right. So uh, the watch list don't. Forget to watch, watch list. Make sure you add it to your faves. Join JR Jackson live weekdays, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Watch live daily. Follow at facebook.com forward slash watch list TYT. Watch live also. YouTube, subscribe, youtube.com forward slash watch list TYT. 
Now let's talk about membership, all right? Membership from being the first to cover important stories to taking positive action on the ground. TYT has been at the forefront of change since the beginning. You can be part of that change machine by simply becoming a member at tyt.com forward slash join. And thank you to those who are already members, okay? All right. Cena Hogaboom Cawthorn is also trying to rock some hoops. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the guy was happy. He was at his happy place, all right? Shikata Ganai Beer Dragon as a godless degenerate. I take a fitch to that flyer. <laughs> I understand. Uh, Dark Skin Brother 3, um, white cops think they are above black officer. Yeah, they, they don't give a damn what the rank is. This man, a whole detective and a sergeant. And they said, well, uh, well, that's all good and fine there, Sergeant, but where you headed to today? Mm-hmm. Amazing. Um, and here's the other thing. And I did say this in the initial story because it just, it, it wasn't on my mind, it's on my mind now. The detective was indoctrinated to obey. I'd be damned if I'm a whole detective and two cops roll up on me talking about where you headed. The detective was trained to obey. All right, Travis C, uh, gotta bring some flaming poo bags to some of these dudes front porches. Don't do that. <laughs> I didn't know that's what you were going to say before I started reading it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a In Sunday? You're gonna feel free. Can I hang out with you? That guy just stole my car, so. Hmm. Where'd he go? Newport Coast? Huh? Can I hook up with you? What kind of vagina do you have? Is it an any or an Audi? Does it have beef curtains? I'm gonna call the cops if you don't. Hmm. You're annoying, dude. Why are you following me? Because I want to. My fat ass is ready to get hard for you. Why would you call the cops on me, bro? I'm just speaking. It doesn't matter. You, you little bitch. Okay. This is a male Karen who's going around sexually assaulting and sexually harassing women. Well, there are some anti Karens who are about to respond. Here it is. Feel a void. Oh. Whoa, well, what's wrong with you? Chill out. Chill, chill out. Hey. Chill out. Chill out. Chill out. You just kick me in the. You back up. You back. You back up. You back up. You're gonna. And then this piece of trash decides to pepper spray the women. He is sexually. Harassing. Let's put up his picture, okay? And keep his picture up. Now, obviously, he needs to be in jail, but he was arrested. I'm going to go into some detail about that in a moment. Uh, he is a self described white supremacist, okay? Who threatened to shoot up a Las Vegas nightclub, according to an article we were able to obtain today. He was charged along with another white supremacist buddy with making terroristic threats. His name is Jay Rockefeller. His real name is Johnny Young. 
Now, we've talked about this before. Typically, when you have one ism, you have another. When you have racism, you have sexism. These isms seem to coincide with each other. This individual who is a monstrous, he got what he deserved. When one of the women he was sexually harassing decided he was too close to her personal space and she defended herself and a friend. But what did he wanna do? He wanted to mace them, he's sick. Male carinicity, that's what this is, criminal, harmful, toxic. Adrian, thoughts? Without a doubt, this is disgusting criminal behavior. This individual very much hates women, and it's no shock that he's also a you know self-described white supremacist. This is exactly who this person is, and they're a threat to our society. And there are so many of them out there, and they only seems to be increasing in numbers and getting bolder. And that's a really scary thing for many of us out there who are not in the majority when it comes to gender or race. And we could possibly be targeted by this individual. So I do hope that law enforcement, the prosecutor's office takes this very seriously and doesn't just give this person a slap on the hand, but actually make sure that they spend time behind bars. That's right, very well said. Okay, remember when I told you Marjorie Taylor Greene was lying under testimony? There was one particular question that was posed to her about martial law. And she said, well, I cannot remember that. Here's the testimony. Uh, Ms. Green, did you advocate to President Trump to impose martial law as a way to remain in power? I don't recall. Yeah, so you're not denying you did it, you just don't remember. I don't remember. As I said, she claimed she suffered from CRS, can't remember ish. But we decoded it, I told you. Anytime she says I can't remember, that meant the answer was yes, okay? But she's afraid to stand by her own sentiment. I mean, if you're a true believer, Marjorie Taylor Greene, this is a simple question. We now have the evidence, proof is out. CNN obtained 2,319 text messages from the former White House Chief of Staff, Mark Meadows in the news again, sent between election day 2020 and Biden's inauguration. The never before seen text messages include messages from just about everyone you'd expect, all right? More specifically, members of Congress and Marjorie Taylor Greene included. The court testimony on Friday, the Georgia Republican repeatedly deflected or said she did not remember what she had said around the events of January 6th. The Meadows text logs after a new glimpse into what she was telling the White House chief of staff in real time says something very different, all right? So on December 31st, Green reached out to Meadows for advice about how to prepare for objections to certify the election, okay? They're trying to overthrow democracy. And once again, the chief of staff is the point person. Why is he the point person? Because he's the closest person in communication hierarchy with Donald Trump. Understand this, that's why he's the point person, okay? On just, uh, so December 31st, let's put it up, 2020. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene to Mark Meadows said, good morning, Mark, I'm here in DC. 
we have to get organized for the sixth. I would like to meet with Rudy Giuliani again. We didn't get to speak with him long. Also, anyone who can help, we are getting a lot of members on board. And we need to lay out the best case for each state. I'll be over CPI this afternoon. Uh, Meadows doesn't appear to respond, but let's skip ahead to January 17th when Green was suggesting other ways to handle this. Representative Marjorie Taylor Green said to Mark Meadows, in our private chat with only members, several are saying the only way to save our republic is for Trump to call for martial law. I don't know on these things. I just want you to tell them. They stole this election, we all know. They will destroy our our country next. Please tell him to declassify as much as possible so we can go after Biden and anyone else. Once again, Meadows actually does not respond. Now, Friday, Green was asked about this text message. Let's play it again. Uh, Ms. Green, did you advocate to President Trump to impose martial law as a way to remain in power? I don't recall. Yeah, so you're not denying you did it, you just don't remember. I don't remember. Lies. Let's rewind back to January 6th, okay? Uh, the texts include everything from plans to fight the election result to surprising and unexpected reactions on January 6th from some of Trump's allies. At 2.28 PM, Green texted Meadows with a plea for help as the violence was unfolding at the Capitol. So this is what she said to Mark Meadows in another text. Mark, I was just told there was an active shooter on the first floor of the Capitol. Please tell the president to calm this isn't the way to solve anything. Once again, Marjorie Taylor Greene, you helped create it. Your rhetoric, your lies, your influence created this atmosphere. Meadows, once again, does not appear to reply. The texts also show how Trump allies were quick to craft a counter narrative for January 6th, an action taken shortly after the terrorist attackers reached the Capitol. Trump allies in Congress appeared to get the message with Green at about 3.52 PM, here's the text message, all right, we got it. Mark, we don't think these attackers are our people. We think they are Antifa, wink, wink, dressed like Trump supporters. See what they're doing here, right? Okay, they are talking in code out loud. Um. Mark, these are Antifa people, all right, with uh, Trump gear on. That's what's happening here, Mark. All right, you follow me, Mark? All right, shake your head. Let me know that you're with the conspiracy. And then they decided to spin that false narrative. It got picked up uh, by the usual cronies, Tucker Carlson and others. Insanity, right? But real, they tried to steal democracy. They tried to overthrow the government. They tried to shred the US Constitution. They violated the law, they violated decency, they violated order, but they called themselves patriots. Patriots of what? Not patriots of a country that is supposed to grow into a more diverse and fair nation, but patriots to an idea of white supremacy and white power structures. That's the only damn thing they respect. 
Adrian, thoughts on this? Okay, so my thoughts on Marjorie Taylor Greene sending those messages to Meadows. What she was doing initially was too specific in putting it in writing, and that's why Meadows wasn't responding. That's and correct. so there's probably a call log showing that Meadows would call her at some point and say, stop putting this in writing. And that's why all of a sudden you get there's an active shooter, Oh my goodness, because she needs to now reframe what she said so she can pretend not to be a part of it. And that's why she said sending these almost wink wink to try to dispel what she had previously text him. Because if you notice a lot of the other text messages that Meadows received that he actually did respond or acknowledge were not as cogent and not as clear and direct to the point as Marjorie Taylor Greene's were. And so yeah, I'm sure because this is just how you'd work it if you were gonna work the system knowing that there's potential that those text messages could get out. Yep. So that's what I see happen and I wouldn't be surprised if there is a call log showing Meadows calling her at some point and then she switches kind of her narrative. Yeah. But either way, you know, it's like she sat there in front and testified saying she didn't remember it. And that is also the way to handle it in the event that you do not want to be hit with a perjury charge later on, but you do not necessarily want to admit to engaging in that behavior on the stand, just being ignorance. Yeah, and she misspelled Marshall. Oh yeah, she did. Yeah, um, so we'll see what happens out of this. Uh, remember Meadows and a group, they were involved in a scheme that had burner phones. Uh, so Meadows may have called her from a burner phone after she sent him this text message. We don't know, uh, but as I said before, the only people that still use burner phones are drug dealers and folks that work for Donald Trump. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, okay, we got a lot of show left. Let me read a few of these comments, time permitting. Okay, um, Aaron Okinos, is this still Karenicity or something worse? Well, it's criminal Karenicity, uh, and that is something worse. It's very bad, uh, but once again, this person is going around starting stuff with the individuals who are not bothering him at all. Uh, Bernard the Kiwi Dragon, uh, now that's an incel face. Uh, Kev Z247, everybody was texting Meadows, LOL. Yep, uh, David Morris, how would you forget about martial law? Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kaladin, her car was stolen, and this is how you treat, how you talk to the victim. Yep, because he's a POS. That's right. Um, dissident PM can't remember. Shouldn't matter when she is on record as having done what is being asked of her. We'll see how the justice system decides what standard to hold someone in power to. And let me ask you a quick question about that, Adrian, because I understand. The I don't know thing, which is, you know, her, her present sense at the moment was that she didn't remember. Yes. But what if she says in an interview with, let's say, Steve Bannon, you know, yeah, I remember to understand. I just didn't want to say it. Now, can you prosecute her for perjury? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. There you go. All right. We're rooting for Steve Bannon here. Okay. If anybody can get that statement out of her, he can. Okay. <clears throat> um, a senator has now resigned because of a bunch of text messages between him and someone who was incarcerated for child pornography. Go ahead and put up his picture full mass here, okay? Uh, he's probably going to get indicted. Uh, Republican Ray Holmberg, damn near 80 years old. North Dakota's oldest serving state senator and one of the most powerful state senators announced his resi- resignation on Monday. 
Why? Well, because a report by the Forum of Fargo found that he had 72. I want you to understand this number now, 72 text exchanges with a man jail. The man was in jail for child pornography charges while the man was incarcerated. A career that spanned 46 years will end June 1st. In the meantime, he remains on the payroll through May and stay on the and will stay on the state funded health care plan through July, a benefit that's worth about 1400 bucks monthly. The attorney of that senator, a prominent North Dakota criminal defense attorney, said Tuesday, Senator Holmberg has not been charged with any crime. There is no indication that he will. Holmberg's statement regarding his resignation read, and I quote, recent news stories have become a distraction for the important work of the Legislative Assembly during its interim meetings. I want to do what I can within my power to lessen such distractions. Now, let me remind you, over 70 text messages with the guy in jail for child pornography, all right? I don't text my lady that many times, okay? That's a lot of damn text. Now, according to the senator, oh, this was all about some some work around the house kind of stuff. Uh, Let's put up a picture of the individual he was uh, texting. His name is Nicholas James, Uh, Nicholas James DeRozier, that's him. Mr. DeRozier was arrested and charged last March. He had victimized as many as 21 children, including his own nephews, okay? That's the company the senator keeps. He was also barred in 2020 from doing business with North Dakota after complaints of fraud, theft by deception, and passing bad checks. Once again, this is the company that the senator keeps. And according to the forum, which obtained the jail call log, 65 of the 72 text messages from the men, from the two men, were sent within a two hour time frame. Two hours. Do you know how much texting you got to do? You have to be intentionally trying to break a damn record. Two hours. All right. Prosecutors allege that Mr. DeRozier possessed several thousand images and videos depicting sexually abused children. Such a damn, damn shame, sad individual. Is also accused of taking two children under the age of 10 from Minnesota to his Grand Forks home with the intent to sexually abuse them. Now Holmberg first told, put his picture back up, put the senator's picture back up. Now I'm gonna show you that this guy is trying to hide something big here, okay? He first told the news outlet, the forum, that he had read about charges against the man in jail. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I loosely remember I read about those charges. That's what the senator said. Then in a later interview, he said he had not. Okay. He told the forum that his text messages were related to a, and he said, variety of things. Including a patio work, 
He also told the newspaper that he no longer has the text messages. They're just gone, he said, which means he deleted them, okay? Um, so this uh, politician, uh, this grandfather, this 80 year old man uh, simply deleted over 70 text messages that we are aware of. Uh, that doesn't just happen, that's intentional behavior, right? He engaged in intentional activity uh, to erase those text messages. Now I know everything that I just highlighted is circumstantial here, I know that. Uh, but obviously there's something to this and we're gonna continue to stay on top of this story. Uh, this resignation came pretty quickly after this story became a local news story in that area. All right, Adrian, thoughts? Well, the first thing that gave me pause was how he had a criminal defense yeah. attorney so quickly to speak <laughs> right. out on his That's behalf. Right. That already made me say, oh, no, 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 bro, you, you know you you in trouble. And I really would recommend that the FBI maybe look at some computer files for that senator because there ain't no reason, no, no rationale why you're gonna be sending what 70 plus text messages to this child sex offender, like get out of here. You can't tell me you're not guilty in some way. And I hope that law enforcement gets to the bottom of this because that person should not be on the street. And this is probably bigger than just this one individual. That's right, and let's hope they do a deep dive and investigate because those children that are connected to these monsters are victims and they deserve justice. Let me take you to a high school in Texas. Texas high schoolers decide it's funny to go around and just say the N word over and over again. Here it is. I respect black people and know they're not gonna kill you over here. We respect y'all, but not anymore because y'all are coming at us for things and that y'all know everything. But y'all, she said that she respected us. Even though they have a group chat named KKK, which is a safe space for them to be racist to black people. Even though they were shouting the N word with the hearty R through the school corridors. And even though they called us ghetto, they respect us. Y'all just really cannot leave black people alone. We're always the private discussions of racist white people, but that's honestly nothing new. These are young people who obviously learned this behavior from their home upbringing, but they are responsible for what they have done. Put up a picture of the high school, okay? Keep that picture up. This is Bedore, Texas. A video showing several teens using racial slurs several times inside of the high school and on the campus in the hallways landed some of them who are part of the Vador Independent School District in trouble, okay? But let's talk about the trouble for a minute. Before I get to the trouble, put up the picture of the principal. The principal saw fit that after the insanity you just saw, after those racial slurs, he said, we're going to suspend these students for three days. It's a three day suspension and that is it, okay? 
That person you're looking at, his name is James McDowell. He's the principal. Let's go to the superintendent. He's the guy in charge of the principal. His name is Jay Kilgo. He's their superintendent. He's the boss of that principal. Let me read a statement from the superintendent. He said, and I quote, earlier this week, Medora ISD received a video of extremely inappropriate behavior of high school students making racial comments in the hallways. They weren't racial, they were racist, by the way. The students were immediately addressed and disciplined with discipline, consequences and hearings were scheduled to determine future punishment. The comments made were unacceptable and are not condoned by the VISD. This was a poor reflection on our student body by a handful of students. We will always be vigilant about addressing this type of behavior and creating respectful environment, a respectful environment for everyone. But what are you doing here, Superintendent? What's your new program, your new mandated sensitivity training, your zero tolerance policy that you just implemented? Where's your diversity and inclusion director that you're bringing on board now? What are you doing? Because even though this is a majority white district, you do have black kids that go there, okay? What are you doing? This is bullying. Remember when Dr. Phil and others, they went around the country on this anti-bullying campaign? It was a good idea, right? And then when advocates said, listen, we need to include racial bullying. That movement told them no. That movement said, no, 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 we don't wanna make this a racial thing. We don't wanna get involved in that, that's too political. Political? So they intentionally decided to not include racial bullying in their anti-bullying national movement. Now, naturally there are other advocacy groups that did. But in the beginning of this thing, they decided to intentionally stay away from the reality of racial bullying. What you just saw can lead to the death of a young person. We've reported on suicides of young people, teenagers and preteens who had to undergo that kind of madness, not being protected by those who are entrusted to look after them until parents pick them back up. Here's how it starts. Adrian, thoughts? You know, the administrators at the school, they're not stopping this behavior. And if anything, they're just enabling it by allowing it to continue to go on and just giving these students a slap on the hand. They, these kids know what they're doing because their family taught them these things. And so the fact that this community isn't more enraged and responding to this tells you that it really doesn't bother the community because this is more of a reflection of them as opposed to it just being a one off. And it really just shows us, again, this is who these people are. And when they come up with these statements that say things like, well, this doesn't reflect our culture, or this was just a small minority of students, right? What they're trying to do is protect themselves. Mm -hmm. They don't want to say the truth, and the truth is they need to be reflective about who they are. The truth is they need to do some soul searching and be self analytical. The truth is you all are racist as hell. You all have allowed this culture to permeate and now it has expressed itself in a very public way because you let it express in a private way. They won't be that analytical. Now there are a few press releases we have read here on Indisputable and the person behind it, the leader behind that organization, they said the right thing. They said we have some soul searching to do as a group. We have to make changes and here are the changes we're going to make. 
But when you hear a statement like this, number one, it lacks integrity. Number two, it lacks a plan. And number three, it lacks effectiveness because that's the goal. They simply want the story to go. They don't want things to change. They want the story to change. They want the story to go away. And until we deal with this head on, until we actually expose it and expose it for the for the sake of correcting it, it will continue to happen. I appreciate all that you do, Adrian. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Ah, well, you can catch me on YouTube and on Facebook on Rebel HQ. Uh, my segment overruled, uh, and I don't know how much longer, but you can find me on Twitter in the meantime at Adrian Law. <laughs> We're going to chop it up with the next guest about that. Should be interesting. Uh, but Black Planet, here I come. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. So, for those who are watching us via linear television, always a pleasure. We are about to continue the programming. Um, for those who are watching us via streaming, programming will go on as scheduled. Always a pleasure for those checking in via linear. If you would like to continue watching the programming, make sure you jump on one of the streaming platforms. All right, remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember the truth is always indisputable. Welcome to Indisputable. I'm your host, Dr. Rashad Richard. We got a lot happening today. And what do we do on this show? We tell the truth. You know why we tell the truth? Because the truth is simply indisputable. Rashad, great to be here. Congratulations on the new show. And I gotta let everybody know that Rashad and I go way back. People still need healthcare, so I won't stop. People still need criminal justice systems reform throughout this country, so I won't stop. And you won't stop either.